Hi everyone, Benjamin Smith here, pastor of Revealing Truth Ministries, Wesley Chapel. You know, God is always speaking good things to us and he has a word for you today, we are sure of it. Take some time out to listen and we'll be back as soon as we're done. God bless you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time that we have to come together to hear from you, Jesus. Your words are life to us, therefore we open ourselves up to hear what you are saying to us. Holy Spirit, this is your service. I yield to you and become an active participant in what you want to accomplish here today. Thank you for personalizing this message of life for each of us and giving us what we need both immediately and in the future. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise and worship was awesome. Um, actually, a lot of the things, well, it's not a surprise, but a lot of the things that they ministered to is going to be a lot of the things that I go over and talk about today. Everything starts with the word. So if we could do our Bible confession. If you would lift up your Bibles, repeat after me or with me. This is my Bible. I can be what it says I can be. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. Every verse is God breathed. And I aim to live by every word. It is essential to my faith foundation and works to change me from the inside out into the person God created me to be. That is why I shall never let it go. It is reliable. It is the truth. It is divine. It is the word of God and shall forever be to me my Bible in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, we're starting a new series today. Hallelujah. And the name of that series is God is Using It. And some of you may ask, what is God using? He's using his word, the word of God. He's using his word written. He's using his word in our lives. He's using his word for change, change in us, changes in our surroundings, change in the world itself. John chapter one, verse one says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. In the beginning, you had the word. How many people are born again? In the beginning of your born again life was the word. Because you needed the word in order to get born again. It says the word is nigh thee. Even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word that was preached. What was the word that was preached? If you believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus, confess with your mouth, you receive him. In the beginning, the word. In the beginning of our walk with God, the word. John 10, 27. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. And they follow me. Have you ever been, have you ever heard or have you ever been one of the people that said, I just don't know if I'm hearing God. I can't hear his voice. Yes, you can. It's very simple. Pick up your Bible and start reading. That's the word of God. 
That's God's voice. When you hear the word read, when you see the word, you see a word from God. Oh, I need to get a word from God. Okay, start in John chapter 1. Start in Genesis chapter 1. The word is God speaking to us. Anytime the word is spoken, anytime the word is read, anytime the word is meditated upon, you get instructions of what to do concerning certain situations. I don't know, I don't know what to do about my children. It is so easy now that you can actually look up scriptures concerning your kids. You can go straight to Bible Gateway. <laughs> you can look up, or matter of fact, you can look up on the internet. I need scriptures for my children. It'll give you a list of scriptures. It's easier now than ever before with that being said, there's more distractions than ever before. So we need to focus. We need to focus on what God is speaking to us. And in order to do that, we must spend time with him. Spending time with him is getting into his word. Spending time with him is reading the word. Spending time with him is allowing the word to speak to you. Praise and worship team sung, Minister Ashley sung about change. How does change come? It comes by renewing your mind. It comes by changing the words that you're speaking. If you don't like the things that you're seeing in your life, say something different. Decree a thing and it shall be established. Life and death is in the power of your tongue. People could talk and say the most mean and hurtful things that they can possibly say to you, about you, but you don't have to repeat what they're saying about you. Right. You don't have to listen to what they're saying about you. You don't have to take it on the inside and repeat those things because it really begins to have an effect when you say it when you think it, when you rehearse it, regurgitate it over and over and over, and then you say those words. Oh, they don't like me because I'm too short. They say, I talk funny. Or they say any of those things. If you don't take those words in and you don't repeat those words, it won't have that effect on you. Now, if there's any way possible, get away from those people. Don't let them take control of your life with the words that they're speaking to you. But death and life for you is in the power of your tongue. Death and life for your, um, for your children under your authority is in your, death and life is in the power of your tongue, the things that you're saying to your children the things that you're speaking over your life, the things that you're speaking into your destiny. And all these things God is using. God is using his word in our lives. Psalm 119, verse 105, it says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The word of God will lead you. It will guide you. As Minister Ashley was saying, everything looks good. Move in this direction. Everything seems like I'm supposed to be heading in this direction. Except what God is telling you to do. God is telling you, no, not yet. Wait. You have to follow that lady because that is life for you. Yeah. Want to take a trip? God says, don't do that. 
who knows what he's saving you from? You don't know. Sometimes you find out. Sometimes he tells you. Sometimes he don't. It's just a situation whereas he told me to go left, I went left. He told me to stay home and take a nap, I stayed home and took a nap. <laughs> the reason why I'm saying a couple of these things is because those things have actually happened in my life. I'm going this place. No, nah, stay home. I don't really want to stay home. Take a nap. <laughs> Hopped in the bed, clothes fully on. Just went to sleep. I didn't ask him, Lord, is there something I'm missing? None of that. I just thought it was a good idea to practice doing what he told me to do. Because there's been plenty of times, as Miss Tierra shared, God has said, do this, and I didn't. And it cost me. It cost me something. Now, there was a lesson in it, because God uses that too. Even in the situations where we were disobedient, didn't listen, there's a lesson to be learned in that too. One of the things is, probably got some scars from it. Every time I see that scar, oops, that was something I shouldn't have done. But there is always, there is always, always, always peace when we listen and do exactly what God is telling us to do. Now, God has given us some things that we're supposed to do. And we hear about, oh, the abundant life of God. Oh, I'm walking in his blessings. I'm walking in his favor. Man, God is my source. Um, I'm living this abundant life. Man, everything is great. God is with me. God has given us things to do. He's given us things to do. One of those things is in Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. Amen. We are to go and make disciples. Don't hear about that too much. Each one teach one. And then go teach another one. And then go teach another one. What are disciples? Disciplined ones. They're disciplined in the things of God. There's a difference between being a believer and being a disciple. If you've accepted Christ, you are definitely a believer. Definitely. You are definitely in the family of God. But you, are you a disciplined one? Are you getting into God's word? Are you studying? Are you sharing what you know with others? and showing them how to become disciplined ones. The Great Commission, going into all the world. Yeah, I'm a Christian. Do you share your beliefs? Do you share your faith? No. I'm just going to let them see it by the things I do. And you should. Don't get me wrong, you definitely should. But it says, preach the gospel. Preach. How does actions without voice preach? 
at some time, at some point, you have to open your mouth and say something. Hey, are you born again? Do you know Jesus? Do you know that he loves you? That he died on the cross for your sins? What are they going to think about me? What is God going to think about you if you don't? And these are things that I have conversations with myself about. Am I doing everything that God has commanded me to do? Because everything this life, yes, this life is about living it to the full till it overflows. But it's also about sharing this life. Jesus gave his life for everyone for the world. He didn't give it to, for just believers. He gave it for the world to share with the world of his goodness. We go through situations every day. We do. Life is not always easy. It's not. But life is so much better when we go through it with God. It's so much better. There's, Pastor Benjamin has been sharing it. It's been shared. Trouble's gonna come your way. It definitely is gonna come your way. Let me fill you in on something. Some people might think it's a secret, but I'm gonna let the secret out the bag. The devil is trying to kill you and send you to hell. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to kill every single one of you and send you to hell. Bible says the thief comes only to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So every time you wake up, Take a breath, he lost. He lost. People, um, I won't say everybody, but some people, they're so concerned with what the devil is trying to do to them. I just told you what he's trying to do. Trying to take you out. Trying to take out your entire family. Trying to wipe every person off the face of the earth at the if he had the opportunity, he would have done it yesterday. But guess what? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So since you already know what the secret is, since you already know what he's trying to do, and since you already know that, hey, you're getting victories every day, why don't you just continue on? Just continue on with what God is doing in your life. Continue on. It doesn't matter what the enemy's trying to do. He's trying to play catch up. Guess what? We already played the game. It's already over. Scoreboard already say he lost. Why are you going to take off your victorious uniform and put on his loser uniform? I'm not going to do it. I wouldn't advise you to do it either. Verse 19 in the NIV of Matthew 28, it says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. So that is what we're doing. That is what we're supposed to be doing. How do we do it? By sharing, by sharing the gospel. God is using his word to change us, to change people. Mark. Chapter 16, verse 15 through 18. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be, shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. 
They shall take up serpents, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. When you were given the charge, you were also given authority. When you were given the charge, you were also given power. When you were given the charge, you were also given these things are going to follow and let people know that I sent you. Let them know that I'm in you. God is using it. He's using people. When you lay hands on the sick, if you're laying hands on the sick, you shall expect recovery. You should expect things that should have went wrong and didn't go wrong. That's the expectation. Why? Because that's what God said would happen. Expectations is, I'm praying for any and everybody. Mike, my head hurt. In the name of Jesus, I curse it. Would you lay hands on me? Absolutely. Pastor Mike, what happened if you lay hands on him and nothing happened? The word says something has to happen. The word tells me to not, oh, just try and wonder, hmm, Miss Janice, if I lay hands on you, I don't know if Miss Janice is going to get healed or not, if she's going to recover, so I don't think I'm going to do it. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Might want to get Pastor Shalita because she got more power. How she got more power when we got the same Holy Spirit? How is that possible? How is that possible? That's impossible. And guess what? It didn't say if your name is Pastor Benjamin or Pastor Greta or Pastor Shalita or Deaconess Sarah these signs shall follow them that believe. It doesn't matter. Listen. People talk about titles. The greatest title is being a son, being a daughter. Long before I was a pastor, a deacon, a director, a youth leader, any of those things, I was a son. God said, I love you because you're mine. Those titles sometimes tell what we do. A husband, a teacher, an engineer. A lot of times connected with those are the, thing, are the things that we do. Being a son, being a daughter, that's who we are. Amen. If I never go to my classroom again, they may no longer, he once was a teacher, not a teacher anymore. If for some crazy reason, Shalita and I are no longer a couple, he once was a husband, but now he not. <laughs> you know, I knock off 55, 60 pounds. He once was overweight, <laughs> but now he's slim. <laughs> but I don't have to do anything to be a son. Except exist. And this is what people need to understand. Everything that you need is in that sonship 
and in that daughtership. Everything you need. God doesn't love me any more than he loves anyone else in here. He doesn't. Some people say, Mike, you got a lot of stories of how God has done wonderful, exciting, awesome things in your life. Yeah, I do. But you know what else? There's been some hard times. There's been some times in which it's like, this is difficult. And I'm sure a lot of you know a lot of the things. I've had a wife that transitioned. I have a sister. I've had a sister that transitioned. Mother and father that transitioned. I had to walk through that. Like, man, Mike, how did you make it? God. The greater one dwelling on the inside of me. It wasn't by my strength. It wasn't. I have been through some things. I have been through some things. But it was better going through those things with God. Any one of those things could have crushed me without him. One of those things almost crushed me with him. Because I didn't know. There were things in the word that I didn't know. And so what did I have to do? God, I don't never want to be in this position again ever in life. Show me what it is that I need to do. And he did. But you know what? I had to crack open the book. I had to read. I had to study. I had to listen. These things change our lives. And guess what? In those times of tremendous pain, God has used that for me to share my testimony with others. And it has brought them comfort. It has brought them healing. It has brought them hope that although I'm going through that right at this moment, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And not only is there a light at the end of the tunnel, but I'm walking toward that light with life in me because the Holy Spirit is dwelling on the inside of me. Like I told you before, the thief comes. We do have an enemy. He is trying to stop all those things. Let's go to Mark chapter 4, verses 14 through 19. The sower sows the word. This is one thing that's going to happen. God is going to make sure that his word comes forth. With the number of believers that are in the earth and those people that are willing to get up and say and speak and do exactly what God has called them to do, the word is going to go forth. It's going to go forth. The word is going to be sown. But the enemy is on the job. It says, the sower soweth the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And before it get in there, it's gone. Word's gone forth, and it's gone. I'm going to tell you one of those times that that happened to me. It happened to you, Pastor Mike? Yes, it happened to me. Not right here at Wesley Chapel, but at Wesley Chapel at the school. Pastor Deborah was up teaching. Good word, good message. 
What was it about, Pastor Mike? I don't remember. Because I just told you the enemy came and stole it. I do remember what happened, though. Immediately after service, something happened, and I got mad. I got offended. And I don't exactly remember why. I just remember the fact that I got offended at something that happened. And then I could not remember nothing. When I say nothing, I mean nothing, except the fact that she was up there saying something. That was it. And then I was like, he got me. Why? Because I opened up myself to walk in offense. So I had to repent. Listen to it all. <laughs> Listen to it all. Record. Right. Record. But that's exactly what happened. I mean, offense will get you there. Oh, what did Pastor Benjamin talk about? I don't know. All I know is that Miss Jenny said something to me that I ain't like. I wanted to slap her upside her head. Everything gone. All gone. And of course, Miss Janice, you know I would never. <laughs> never. Miss Mona told me to sit in a spot that I didn't want to sit in. Praise and worship was going great. Pastor Gerda had an awesome message. But you missed it all. Enemy came in immediately and just stole the word. And these are they, likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. And they have no root in themselves, and so endure but for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Things are going to come after you because of the word's sake. Because of the word's sake, things are going to come after you. And the whole thing that the enemy wants to do is separate you from the word. That's what he wants to do. He wants to separate you from the word. You minus word equals defeat. You with the word, victory. So he's trying to separate you from the word. He's trying to get it away from you. Offense, getting mad, coming to church not talking to your spouse is a killer. It's a killer. There's been times I've came to church mad at Shalita. I don't know if she was mad at me. But there's been times, hasn't been recently, Amen. to tell you, that, hasn't been recently, but there's been times that I've been upset. And praise and worship team is just, and it's just like, I'm just looking at them. <laughs> I can't join in. I can't enter in. Well, shouldn't we be telling the truth? <laughs> Let me tell you something about me. And some of the people that know me may know I'm so way past the point of getting embarrassed about things that I've done in life because it prevents God from using me to the full potential. So I'll show my flaws, the flaws I've had. I don't care. It's impossible for me to care less. <laughs> it's just the truth. As a matter of fact, there's something that God won't let me to tell you all because I'm still teaching. <laughs> oh, Jesus, but when I... But when I stop doing that, oh, y'all gonna hear a whole lot more. 
<laughs> just say, Mr. Austin, we need to talk to you. <laughs> we got a hold to one of those. We, you did what? <laughs> but say I had a good teacher. <laughs> I suppose laid it all on the line. It was just like, whatever. I used to crack up. He was like, before I let anybody else tell it, I'm going to tell it. Like somebody came and tried to do something. He was like, man, I already told everybody that. You, you too late. <laughs> and see, another thing is, for the simple fact that I'm up here is a victory for me. Because one of the things that you all, some of you may not have known, I think I've shared it quite a few times, is I had a fear of talking in front of people to the point that it was, once I had to give a, had to give a speech or something in college, and I hyperventilated and almost passed out, and they had to actually physically remove me from the class because I was gripped with fear, gripped with fear. I could talk to anybody one-on-one -on -one or sitting at a table, but anytime I had to stand up and get in front of people, it was crazy. And um, I know a lot of it had to do with some of the things that were shared with me when I was small um, and the way I speak, all of these different things. So I kind of internalized those things and just was like, ah, can't do that, not going to do that. No times, guys. And see, this was the thing. I knew what God had told me to do. I've known this since I was a little kid. Say, God, I ain't doing that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. I was like, there is no way that you're going to get me to get up there and talk in front of everyone. I'm just not going to do it. I thought it was a joke when he made me a teacher. <laughs> it's like, man, you got to do this all the time. But actually what I've come to believe is he did that on purpose to prepare me to do this. And so I was doing it on a day-to-day -day basis. But still, to this day, every time that I'm called up to do this, there's somewhat of butterflies. Somewhat. With that being said, it's like God is me and you. Or it's you and I. And when you start being you, I'm just going to stand there. Or <laughs> go take a seat. So the things that I'm sharing and I'm talking with you about, these are not things that I'm telling you, oh, this for you. This for us. <laughs> Starting with me. Chapter, we're still in Mark, chapter 4, verse 19. I'm sorry, 18. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the cares of this world, and deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things, entering in, choke the word, and they become unfruitful. The thing about the enemy is, if he can't take you out, kill you, send you to hell, he's just going to try and kill you. If he can't do that, then he wants to render you helpless, so that you're not able to go and help other people and do those things that God told, called you to do. Yeah, you're a believer. Yeah, you're going to heaven, but I want you to be silent. I want you to be so focused on your own things and the things that are going on with you that you're not willing to help anyone else. But that's not us. That is definitely not us. Now, once we believe, once we become believers, we need to continue in the word of God. John chapter 8, verses 28 through 32. Now in this chapter, it starts off, you know, the women, I'm sorry, the men bring the woman, 
caught in adultery to Jesus. I wonder if the guy was there. I mean, if she was caught in the very act, he was there when they were there. He <laughs> was like, you, you shoot on to the crib, we're going to take her to Jesus and see what he got to say about this situation. But anyway, once Jesus handled that situation, set her free, he was sharing with the Pharisees and the Jews of who he was, who he came from. And they weren't getting it. The Pharisees weren't trying to get it. The Jews were trying to get some type of understanding. It's like, this is not making sense to us. Who are you and why are you here? Um, so we're going to pick it up in verse 28. Then said Jesus unto them, when ye have lifted up the son of man, then shall ye know that I am he and that I do nothing of myself. But as my father has taught me, I speak these things. And he that sent me is with me. The father hath not left me alone. For I do always those things with, that please him. As he spake these things, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him. If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. They became believers, but he gave them further instructions of what they needed to do in order to become disciples. Believer does not necessarily mean you're a disciple. All disciples are believers. All believers aren't disciples. In order to be a disciple, you have to continue in the word. Acts, chapter 17, verses 10 through 12. It says, and the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and search the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Therefore, many of them believed also of honorable women, which were Greeks and of men, not a few. They heard the word. They heard the word that Paul and Silas was teaching. And you got, when it comes down to word, you got superstars in Paul and Silas. You got the heavy hitters. Yeah, 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 we hear what you're saying. It sounds great, but we're going to go back and see if this is so. Everything that you hear me say, I would encourage you, go to the Word. Is Mike just flapping his gums? Is any of this stuff true? God, let us know. Because you can't afford to open up your spirit or open up your heart and let somebody give you truth, 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 with a little bit of poison. It'll kill you slowly, but it'll kill you. It definitely do damage. The Bereans were spoken about, and they were noted for the fact that they searched the scriptures out to see if it was so. That's what we're supposed to do. Regardless of who's preaching the word. It's like, yes. Praise the Lord. That bears witness with me. But everything is filtered by the word of God. Everything is filtered by the word of God. Oh, I got a word for you. Okay, let's see what that word say about your word. Oh. You should go here and do that. Uh, oh, you need to listen to what I had to say because I hear from God. Yeah, you do. You got <laughs> you got a 
percent correction. I mean, you got ninety percent accuracy. What about that ten percent? <laughs> you can't afford let somebody else hit you with the ten percent in a ninety ninety percent is an A. But the ten percent that they get wrong in your life will jack your whole life up. <laughs> so everything has to be judged by the word. You know, when you go back to them and say, "Man, you messed up my life," they'd be like, "Oh, my bad." And that did you what type of good? None. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. The word is the word is life unto us. The word is life. It is life. We need the word. The word is Jesus. God knows we need Jesus. Second Timothy chapter three, verses 10 through 16. This is Paul talking to Timothy. He said, but thou hast fully known my doctrine manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecutions. There you go. Persecution's coming. It cannot be avoided. But God will deliver you out of the ball. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through the faith which is in Christ Jesus. He knew the scriptures from a youngster. He had been in the scriptures. Not only that, but he's also saying, you know me. You know what I've been through. That's what testimonies come in. It's like, listen, God used to always say, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Why? Because the people knew what Abraham had gone through. They knew what Isaac had gone through. They knew what Jacob had gone through. And they knew how God was with them. In Acts... 2022, I know the God of Pastor Poe, the God of Pastor Deborah, the God of Pastor Brian. I know the God of Pastor Benjamin, the God of Pastor Greta, the God of Pastor Lamar. Pastor Yanika. Even more personal than that, I know the God of Minnie T. Walker, my grandmother, the God of Lucille Dolores Austin, my mother, the God of Michael Austin. I've seen what they've done, what he's done in their lives. And after me, I pray that my son will know the God of Michael Austin, the God of Shalita Austin. We need to share the things that God has done in our lives. Share the victories that we've had. Share 
the struggles that we've had, but still endured to the end. Share. Oh, yeah, it was a difficult day yesterday, but you know what? God was with me. And I went to bed and I woke up and it's a new day. I made another day. He is with me. He shall never leave me nor forsake me. Hallelujah. My God, my God. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instructions in righteousness. Man, um, Second Peter chapter 1, starting in verse... 15. So moreover, I will endeavor that ye may be able after my decease to have these things always in remembrance. For we have not followed cunning devised fables when we made known unto you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but were, but were eyewitnesses of his majesty. They were eyewitnesses. For we received from God the Father honor and glory when there came such a voice to him from the excellent glory, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. In this voice which came from heaven, we heard when we were with him and the holy mount. They were there. They seen it with their eyes. They heard it with their ears. They were eyewitnesses of the account. But look what he says. We have also a more sure word of prophecy. I witnessed this. I saw these things. But I got something that's even more sure than what I heard and what I saw. Whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place unto the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Prophecy in scripture. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And these were things that were written down. This was word that was written down. Listen, God is using it. He's using his word. He's using his people. He's using testimonies. He's using um, lessons of disobedience. It's amazing. God could take something disobedient like Joker and he could teach. With that being said, I got something to share. Let's see. We had a spring break a couple weeks ago. It was Wednesday night, actually May 17th. Um, I have a young man that I work with in Dade City. And so it takes leaving my house to get to his house. It takes 26 minutes. Okay. Um, I left the house 35 minutes. I mean, I got nine minutes of time to get to the client. I decide it's a good idea for me to go to Walmart. <laughs> so I go in Walmart. And I was like, I'm going to shoot in Walmart real quick, come out. Everything going to be cool. Well, <laughs> um, nine minutes that I had turned in about 16, 17 minutes. Okay, 
So now I'm behind. <laughs> it's like, I need to get over there because I, I need to relieve someone. So we're on 54. I went to the, went to the Walmart on 54. I jump on 75 going toward Dade City. I was like, I don't have that much time. Some of my greatest act of my wife, I was flooring it. I hopped on 75 going north, and I was just, mm, I mean, go. About two, three miles down the road, I see a light. Lights behind me. My, <laughs> it was so many thoughts that came to me, but what, <laughs> one of my first thoughts was, and I knew I shouldn't have, went to Walmart. No, that wasn't the first thought. The first thought was, I shouldn't have told these people that I was coming on Wednesday because I don't normally come on Wednesday anyway. It's their fault. <laughs> then I was thinking, I shouldn't have went to Walmart. Then I was thinking, dang, I ain't even got my seatbelt on. Yeah, just, just messed up. And the thing about it was, probably about almost two or three years, I thought about that, but then I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. I'm just, you know, I done messed up. I done messed all the way up. I ain't going to try and slide, slide the... Um, Slide the seatbelt on, none of that. I ain't trying to do none of that. I ain't trying to do none of that. Doggone it, I'm, I'm, I won't say I'm mad, but I'm, I'm not too pleased. Um, remember a little while back, I had shared about a time when I got stopped by the police. It, in my defense, I honestly, to my, my conscience, I did not know that I was speeding that time. I just didn't. And I had gotten stopped, and, you know, I commanded to get a warning, and I got a warning. It was like, praise the Lord, everything was good. That is not the case this time. I knew full well that I was flooring it. Knew full well, knew all of that stuff. Just, just messed up, jacked up all the way around. Then, police officer, he comes to, it was a state trooper, he came up to the car. He says, is there any reason why you're doing 70 in a, um, in a 60 mile an hour zone? I was thinking to myself, because I didn't quite get to push it to 80 yet, but because <laughs> I was trying to get there, but the, well, that was the truth. I just didn't get a chance to get it up. But it, honestly, I was like, there's no reason, sir. Um, he was like, you know you went past, you went past um, a county, a county patrol officer and myself, so you weren't paying attention at all, were you? I was like, no, sir. Because I wasn't. I ain't seen neither one. I mean, if I, had I saw him, I definitely wouldn't have done all that. So <laughs> he didn't seem a bit too happy. He walked in. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just in it. I'm like, you messed up. All this stuff you messed up, there's nobody's fault but yours. Nobody you can blame. It's just your fault. All your fault. Then, at the time, this joker comes back. <laughs> That's what I was thinking about him at the time. It was like, he's, he's a joker. Um, <laughs> he was like, um... He was like, do you, do you see that overpass down there? And so I was looking through the mirror. I was like, yeah. He says, when you come through there, speed and fines are double. He said, um, he said, I, he said, I um, investigate deaths on the, um, on the roads and things. He said, in the last three months, five people had been killed, including, and he either said it was a three-year-old girl or a three-month-old girl. So, he was like, who? 
you know, kind of sobering thoughts and all of that stuff. And so the ticket was 568, $568 that I did not get. Because what I didn't tell you all is, is that as all of those thoughts are storming my brain and they're going through, I asked my daddy, could I have a warning? And so when he came back to the car, he explained all of those things to me, and he had my he had my um, driver's license like this, and he said, "So you're not going to speed through here anymore." I said, "Yes, sir." He said, "You are gonna follow all the rules and regulations of the road from this point forward." I said, "Yes, sir." He handed it to me. He said, have a good night. And I continued driving to, to the client. As I drove off, God said, heard the Holy Spirit say, do you know why that happened? I didn't answer. He just said, simply because you asked me. It says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you might receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I've shared that with a couple people. There's some people in here that have They've heard that I shared. Um, it even gets bigger than that because this morning when I'm out, as I'm, I kind of jog to kind of clear my head, God normally gives me some instructions of some sort, especially when called on the minister. But as I'm going, he said, how do you know that I didn't send that officer because something was really going to happen? And then I began to listen and replay. He investigate deaths on the road. All of these things. And then it, it just went to a whole nother level of a point that I sent him to send you home safely to your wife. And then it was all again, it was like, this is mine. You know, it was mind blowing. Because I was like, oh wow. My wife could very well at best, been coming to the hospital, possibly been planning a home going. But that's the God we serve. And immediately, and I'm going to do it quick, but immediately, as he shared that, I can't tell because this was one of my favorite chapters in the Bible, but it's Psalm 91. He that dwell in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night nor for the arrow that fieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, 
nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side, and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Only with thine eyes shall thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. Because thou hast made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high my habitation, there shall no evil befall thee. Neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the adder and the young lion and the dragon shall thou trample under feet. Because he hath set his love upon me, therefore will I deliver him. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life will I satisfy him. And show him my salvation. We serve a good God, people. We serve a good God, family. God is using it all for his glory. Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now. We thank you for this time. We thank you for who you are in our lives, Lord God. We commit to you our lives. We commit to you our obedience. Lord, we will continue in you. We will be your disciples and we will make disciples. Lord, we just thank you for being with us, for giving us victory in every area of our lives. Lord, we love you. And we just thank you that you never, ever leave us and that you never forsake us. And we give you glory and honor and praise for it in the name of Jesus. Well, that's what God had to say to us today. We pray that it blessed you. As always, we pray that the word of God blesses you, not just years from now or months from now or weeks from now, not even days from now. But we pray that you got something out of the message today that would change your life immediately. God bless you and look forward to chatting with you next time.